Spook on, my brother. It, welcome back to Ooh. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, it's because <laughs> after I said spook on, my brother, I checked to see if I'd pressed record. <laughs> spook so. on, my brother. <laughs> uh, you're listening to Ooh Spooky once again with me, Adam Knox, with you, Peter Jones, and with this guy, Luca Muller. And we are here once again to go through the book Mysteries of the Unexplained, which is a book chock full of delicious recipes <laughs> for ghouls and frights. And we go through and pick five every single week to spook the bejeebas out of my... <laughs> I'm going to start again. Undercarriage? <laughs> out of your undercarriage? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Out of every part of my body. Blow the cobwebs out of your pits. <laughs> out of the corners of Adam Knox. Out of my brain, maybe. We've got five, and we're going to do each of them in succession now. Each tale <laughs> spookier than the last. All right, well then, okay, I guess... Uh... In ascending order of spookiness... Please, Peter Jones, master of the page, take us through the so horrors. So this, uh, this ancient tome uh, from the year 1982 is divided up into five sections. The first story takes place uh, in the realm of unearthly fates. <laughs> a, distraught young English, <laughs> a distraught young English woman came to the British Embassy in Paris one day. In I'm Ma- losing my fucking cobblers over here. <laughs> I did not care. <laughs> I did not At the care British Embassy. Who do you think works there, mate? <laughs> People who are from Britain but want to be French. <laughs> Every ambassador is always just somebody who wants to be French. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the Uruguay Embassy. <laughs> it is me. Uh, the British Embassy in Paris one day in May 1889. She and her mother, on their way home from India, had checked into a hotel not long before, taking two single rooms, and the mother had fallen ill. The hotel doctor had examined her and sent the daughter out for medicine. When she returned, the hotel staff denied ever having seen her mother. Only the younger woman's name was on the hotel register. When she insisted on seeing the room her mother had occupied, she found it was not the one she remembered. Even the hotel doctor denied having met her before. Unable to make her story believed, the young woman ended up in an asylum in England. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Hello, welcome to the asylum. <laughs> uh, mostly anybody who works for the government likes to pretend we're French. Hey, you don't have to be crazy to work here, but it helps. <laughs> but you do have to be French. <laughs> and you certainly do have to be crazy to be in, in local here. So, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Look, I'll be honest, I don't actually work here. I'm... Yeah. I was put in here many a year ago. I think you have found that uh, X marks this bud. (laughs) (laughs) Yar, none of us are on Starf. We're all crazy pirates. (laughs) Hey, walk the plank or don't. (laughs) It did not matter. Si, senor. I've lost track of what's happening. (laughs) So her mum was sick in the hotel. She comes back to the hotel and they've said that mother was Staff deny that she was ever there. Uh, then she gets locked up, <laughs> which is so funny. They're like, I don't know what you're mother, talking about. I have not met. <laughs> what uh, is a mother? <laughs> Hold on. This lady's coming here talking about some person who we don't remember. She must be out of her mind. Some have speculated that the mother had contracted plague in the Far East 
and that the hotel staff had conspired to suppress the news, even going so far as to redecorate the mother's hotel room (laughs) and to dispose of her corpse rather than lose business. But the only evidence to support the case of the vanished matron, matron was the young woman's own testimony, a sign of madness, possibly, but if true, surely enough to drive her mad. It definitely was what they suspected it might be. Yeah, that sounds like a less of a paranormal mystery of any sort, just a cool like crime story. <laughs> yeah, they do that shit now at Crown Casino. Yeah, that's just like a wacky episode of Faulty Towers. <laughs> 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 hey, Mr. Faulty, <laughs> get him out of here! <laughs> That's my junk place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there, was <laughs> there was a lot of arm movement. <laughs> get him out of here! Um, yeah, that's crazy. That's uh, a, a badass move from those hoteliers. Hoteliers. That's I mean, a real common hotel thing, I think, to pretend there's never been a dead body in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. All the rooms yeah. have like shoots where they go into the corpse pit. Yeah, it's like, and then if they're, um, that is bon- also bonk. Why would she lie? Why would she? Yeah. There's no way she lied about it. They totally no. gaslighted this poor woman. Yeah. And then she ended up in an asylum yeah. and that hotel just kept going about their business. Oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're here to see her mother because her mother's real sick. What mother? What mother? What mother? <laughs> uh, if you have a look at the register, yeah, we've had complete control of this register the entire time. Have a look, it's only yeah, your name. Yeah. So, uh, duh, I don't well, reckon anybody else signed in. Uh, <laughs> we'll send down the hotel doctor, that thing that hotels definitely all have. Oh, can you no, take well, him- I reckon they did have that. And so the daughter goes, my mum's sick. We've just come from the Far East or whatever it said. Yeah. So he goes, my mum's sick. What's the doctor? Can, what, can the doctor help her? Doctor sees the mother and goes, in his head, Sacre bleu. Sacre bleu, she has lip leg. <laughs> lip leg. And so she t- tells the daughter, he hatches a plan in his mind, and he tells the daughter to go out and get medicine, and then grabs the rest of the hotel staff and goes, she's got the plague, we can't let anyone find out about it. Or, like, yep. the mother died under his care, and he would have been like, yeah. you! Oh, boy. Because then, like, are we yeah. now liable? We don't want to owe this them any money. Yeah. Also, we hate the English. This lady's <laughs> really English. <laughs> Quick, Priscilla. What was the name of John Cleese's wife? Who she? Connie Booth's character. Uh, um, Mrs. Faulty. No, 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 no. Yeah, Priscilla. John Cleese's Cyril? real life wife. Oh, oh. Who was the the like the Jane uh, Goodall, oh, who he <laughs> fam- famously divorced him, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She was like the the. A maid or whatever at the hotel in Faulty Towers. There is an Connie extra Booth. paragraph here where it says, she came upstairs with the authorities and Manuel was trying to stuff an old woman into a <laughs> <laughs> She has the plague. She doesn't have the plague. You started the plague. <laughs> ah, kachoo, kachoo. Yeah, no, and then he walks around. I haven't watched Faulty Towers in a long time. Um, Connie Booth was his wife. I think the, the one that divorced No, but him. she played one of the characters yeah, in yeah, Faulty yeah. Towers. What yeah. did she play? Um... <laughs> One moment. <laughs> it's important we get to the bottom of this. It's going to kill me otherwise. Look, you're not going to send me to an asylum here over this. Um, there was no show called Faulty Towels. <laughs> <laughs> it was called Farty Towels from the one episode I've watched. That's what the sign said at the front. Polly Sherman. Polly. That was it. So now I'm ready. Now you're ready for a riff? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now I have all the ammunition I need for a riff. <laughs> Go. <laughs> but, like, also... Uh, 
coming back to the hotel, it's like, I'll show you to the room. Okay, this is different to the room I was in. Um, well, I guess you're crazy because we don't have multiple rooms here at this hotel. We can only <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. this room, yeah. so... All right, lock her up. Yeah, didn't it say they took her to the room her mother was in, but it looked different? So they did go, this was your mother's room. What mother? <laughs> it's yeah, a different room. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, well, yeah, that hotel got away with... Uh, Covering that up, good for yeah. them. Good for them. I mean, that that is a bad thing to do, but that's some real like that's Harvey Keitel from fucking uh, <laughs> from Res- uh, the pop other fiction. one. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got the wall forward, dude. Our pop culture shit would be so on point if we could remember it immediately. <laughs> Look it up. <laughs> they got uh, Harvey Keitel from uh, the one where you see his dick. <laughs> Oh man, that's some real Harvey Keitel on the piano <laughs> shit right there. Dude, Harvey Keitel, you shorten that name. Ha tell hotel. <laughs> oh. oh now that's unearthly fates. Whoa. This one this story takes place from beyond the walls of time. Okay. Seven skeletons were found in a burial mound near Clearwater, Minnesota, in eighteen eighty eight. They had double rows of teeth in the upper and lower jaws. And had been buried in a sitting position. <laughs> That's, they did need to point that out because everyone has double rows of teeth. I've got two right now. <laughs> <laughs> Yucky. No, that's, they'd be columns of teeth, wouldn't they? Yeah. No, these are rows. I've got like 30 row- columns of teeth. Oh, yeah. yeah the yeah, columns yeah, are up and down. So but, they've got double rows of teeth in the upper and lower jaw. But, so it's like two rows of teeth, both up and up. They'd been buried in a sitting position facing the lake. The foreheads were unusually low and sloping with prominent brows. The end. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> were they children who's, who had their adult teeth coming yeah, through or whatever? Yeah, teeth sounds like that. Uh, it doesn't really say. It just says seven skeletons. Is there... It sounds like the implication here is like these are like Neanderthals. Yeah, who, with like double rows of teeth. Yeah. Just like, and also like, some, like they all... Like, oh, it's so weird to be like, uh, well... These absolute dum dums with the weird teeth are dead. Set them up. Yeah. <laughs> Set them all up. Face the lake. They love looking at that lake. <laughs> and saying things like, "I like to chomp carrots real quick in front of this lake." <laughs> Does Minnesota have a volcano that used to be there? Because um, I reckon. <laughs> What's your theory? <laughs> Before any of us do any research on the weather, very or not, small scale Pompeii. These yes. But these, they, they, that didn't leave skeletons that like covered people in ash and left. Yeah, full, full yeah, that wasn't things. like buried skeletons. Yeah. But if you got fire at you, it'd maybe blow your head back enough to slope your forehead. <laughs> fire at you! Oh my god! They got flamethrowered by goddamn Elon Musk or whatever. <laughs> He's time traveling. <laughs> I feel like somebody just like there was like seven of the dumbest, weirdest people. Yeah, I think it was like you probably. Mentally disabled people, or some they have some sort of deformity, and they're like, yeah, oh, yeah. kill them. <laughs> <laughs> the 1800s was the time of the, oh, kill them. I don't know, yeah. kill them. Yeah. You, I feel you either like, yeah, kill them or you put them in a cage and take them to California. <laughs> Maybe they were in a cage on their way to California. The cage yeah. got out, and they're like, all right, we better go fishing. Does anyone know how to fish? No. Nah. <laughs> well, maybe if we sit and watch for long enough, we won't die. <laughs> yeah, they were definitely on the way to like a traveling circus sort of thing, and they had like seven weirdos, and it was like called the Seven Weirdos Show. Yeah, and they're like, yeah. oh, they've got now. Where are they? And they just like walk over to where the lake is, and all seven are just sitting, staring at the lake. They're like, kill them. <laughs> <laughs> 
the seven Absolutely weirdos. just kill them. <laughs> the seven weirdos were being taken to St. Ives at the time for a show. Seven weirdos on their way to St. Ives. Each one has seven rows of teeth. <laughs> weirdos, teeth, foreheads, skeletons. How many people were traveling to St. Ives? The answer? Yeah. Well, I feel like in this version, it's the seven weirdos. No, because it was eight, because there was one person looking after him. Oh, yeah, the the guy's just like, kill him. (laughs) Kill kill them all. Start with grumpy, then sleepy. (laughs) (laughs) Then chompy. (laughs) (laughs) Slopey. (laughs) And toothy. (laughs) Uh, Even precious dum-dum. Especially precious (laughs) (laughs) dum-dum. Have it do it just, you know, in like a movie where they're going to kill someone, they're like, shh. Look at the lake. The yeah, beautiful yeah. lake. He just pulls that same trick seven times in a row because none of them get what's going on. Yeah, they're all leaning down. Yeah. <laughs> Looking at, them. Look at each other get murdered. They go, back to the lake. <laughs> you must be pretty tired. <laughs> Seven, yeah, seven little Joey Pesci's in Goodfellas. <laughs> ah, we're about to become real men. Okay. <laughs> so that's the the seven Fuck. weirdos, by the way. That's some weird skeletons to find. Mm. Is that a that's, picture of them or is that a picture of something no, else? No, that's a picture of something else. Different skeleton. A different creepo. So this is uh, this is from The Unquiet Skies. This next, this next tale of wonder and amazement. <laughs> Carlos... Alberto Diaz. Are you waiting for one of us to do the voice? Because I'm not. <laughs> Hello, I'm huh? Carlos. Nice <laughs> to meet you. Riva! <laughs> a 28-year-old waiter in the town of Ingeniero White, Argentina, was found lying by the side of the road about 7 a.m. January 5th, 1975. His scalp was exposed in spots where tufts of hair were missing. He was driven some 30 miles to a hospital in Buenos Aires, about 350 miles from his hometown. And there, Diaz claimed that his hair had been forcibly removed by three humanoids with rubbery, moss-green skin and stumpy arms with suckers. Octopuses? (laughs) Yeah, like green octopi. Okay. (laughs) Aliens. (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Wait, you didn't pick up on the alien? Nah, I thought I immediately... Humanoids with green skin? I was thinking, what animal is that? (laughs) Sounds like a kangaroo. (laughs) 46 doctors and specialists and several police investigators questioned and examined (laughs) Diaz, who quietly and believably adhered to his story of abduction. He said... I'm serious. <laughs> no, look, I'm for Damn, real. This guy's good. <laughs> if he was any louder than that, I wouldn't believe him. But that, this he is business. quietly sticking to this story about the green suckers. He stated that he left work in the pre-dawn that morning. On his walk home, he was crossing. So the night. <laughs> pre-dawn. Pre-dawn. Night time. Late night time. Uh, yeah. All right. Late night. Pre-dawn. Early morn. On his walk home, he was crossing a deserted railroad yard when he saw a very bright but broken beam of light, which he took for lightning and which temporarily blinded him. When his sight returned, he found himself paralysed and he heard a persistent hum in the air. Suddenly he felt himself being drawn and absorbed upwards by what he described as the windy humming of the beam. Then he fainted. Whoa. Holy shit. He awoke inside a smooth, shining, unfurnished sphere about eight feet wide and ten feet high. I love these dudes that are getting kidnapped yeah. by aliens and are like, well, 
What's the diameter of yeah. this thing? <laughs> Dude, this, this fucking thing's got a lot of square footage. <laughs> oh, man, I wonder what the rent is in a place like this. Because it would be bigger than my place. I'm just a stupid waiter. Dude, this shit rent controlled? What's going on here? <laughs> Three entities slid into the room and started pressing their peculiar arms against his long hair, somehow sucking up whole tufts of it at a time, but without causing any pain. The heads of these beings were half the size of owls and totally hairless. They're mos- half the size of tiny of owls. A- oh, I thought you said owls of owls. owls. Oh, I thought you said owls. owls as well. Yeah, of owls, half the size of a human face. Yeah, of owls. Okay, unless you're not human. <laughs> hey, I don't know anything about green suckers. Don't touch me because I am afraid of human contact. <laughs> but I th- that confused me for a minute. That owl was the measurement. Yeah, there's. Yeah. Half the size of ours, as in ours. L. As in ours. <laughs> like an owl. Like who, who? No, as in who? Us. <laughs> <laughs> Who's an owl? <laughs> <laughs> Not us, because we're humans. <laughs> and totally hairless. Their moss green faces were featureless, lacking eyes, nose, mouth, and ears. I wouldn't call that a face. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was looking at their butts. <laughs> His face had one big brown hole in the middle. (laughs) Yuck and weird. (laughs) They were five feet seven inches tall and had slim bodies covered with soft, pale, cream-coloured rubber. While they extracted clumps of Diaz's hair, they jumped up and down gleefully. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, those emotionless blobs are having a good time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after working on his head, the entity started to remove tufts of hair from his chest. Uh-oh. Diaz... They're working down. ...fainted again. <laughs> oh, boy. Enjoy it, brother. <laughs> Some hours later, Diaz found himself stretched out on the grass in the bright morning sunlight. The ba- Cigarette hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> the bag he had been carrying was lying next to him. Glancing at his watch, he saw that it had stopped at 3.50 a.m whereas it was now obviously much later. He felt nauseous and began to vomit. At that point, a motorist noticed him and came to his aid. The medical examination established that some of DS's head and chest hair had indeed been removed. Some of it seemed to have been sheared off, but quite a bit of it had been extracted by the roots, leaving the surrounding capillary tissue completely clean. How this could have been done is uncertain, One theory is that the beings created enough suction to dilate the capillary bulbs around the roots that the individual hairs came out smoothly. Imagine being smart enough to describe it like that, but still going, by an alien. (laughs) (laughs) Not by a green butthole holding a vacuum. (laughs) Not by this guy clearly got drunk and was late for work and made up a story. Other than the missing hair and the nausea, which persisted for several days, the medical team found nothing else wrong with Diaz. The end. I mean, other than his stupid story. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's nothing wrong with this guy. Definitely thinks aliens sucked stuff out of his head. (laughs) All right, well, mm, this is one of the first alien ones we've had. Yeah, Yeah, I thought that they would come up a lot earlier. And it is, frankly, a relief to have the unquiet skies not be another fucking tornado. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I had to go past so many things falling from the sky to find an alien. I'm like, where are the aliens from the sky? (laughs) All right, an abduction. That sounds like a pretty cool abduction story, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I never know what to because, like, all these every time there's an abduction thing, usually it's like, and then I just woke up, but nothing actually happened to yeah, me. Yeah, but this dude's missing clumps of hair and the, out by the roots. Yeah, 
Some of them were shaved, though. Yeah, yeah, that's the weird part. <laughs> that's pretty sus. Yeah, how did any... Yeah, true. How did they shave any of it yeah. if it was with suckers? They, yeah, yeah, yeah. This dude got drunk. He was fucking wasted. He, he was, why would he... T- well, this is what I don't... Oh, well, well, why would he tell anybody so that we'd remember the name of... I've already forgotten his name. <laughs> yeah, Diaz, Diaz, Carlos, Diaz, I think was his name. Carlos Diaz, Argentinian but, waiter. He he made that his friends fucking shaved his hair while he was passed out on a couch yeah. in the pre-dawn. I don't know why I hate that term so much. And <laughs> the, that's what happened to him. And then he made up a bullshit story yeah. because he wasn't meant to be out drinking. And he woke up and was hungover. Uh-huh. But he was leaving work, wasn't he? This is after work, I think. Uh, yeah, this is after work. So, <laughs> not that changed as much, but just earlier, he, he, he was drinking on the job. Pre dawn is all the, the dawn that the night. No, but he didn't right go to work in the day <laughs> that happened after the dawn. Pre cum. Yeah. 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 Can you get pregnant in pre dawn? <laughs> you can never get pregnant in pre dawn. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Oh, sorry, we went over a serious debate about whether or not this guy actually saw aliens. Uh, all right, credibility on a credibility rating. Do you reckon this guy saw aliens? I uh, five, five out of eight. I reckon uh, ten. I wish there was. That's a problem with having such short stories. Sometimes you want more context about the guy. I reckon he's a guy who's obsessed with aliens. Maybe he saw something at some point in his life, and then. To try and get more traction and attention, he makes up a crazier story than what actually happened. I know. I feel like with these sort of abduction stories, they never ask the questions that I would like want to ask that person because they're just like, "Well, his hair did get taken out." Be like, "Oh yeah, do, tell me more." Is the question I would ask. Yeah, being yeah, the yeah. great detective, I am. <laughs> tell me more. Tell me more. Did you put up a <laughs> well, there fight? Was, there was forty-six <laughs> doctors and detectives, or some shit, all yeah. walking up to him one after another, and that's the information they got out of him. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> his hair was fine before that. That just stressed him out. <laughs> <laughs> so How old are you, Adam Knox? I'm 29. All right, great. So let's because he's 28. He's 28. I remember it like it was uh, two months ago. So he's a 28 year old waiter in Argentina. Yeah, I can relate to those parts as well. Sure. (laughs) So you, as a 28 year old waiter who's Argentinian, would you go, fuck this? (laughs) (laughs) I need something. Here's my claim. I got abducted by aliens. I was drinking all day at work. I went home, got hit by a car, which was the lightning thing. It took off some of my hair and shit, and I made up a story. Oh, Oh, he got hit by a car. Yeah. And then he just got rolled, and then like tufts of his hair came out from being hit yeah. by the car. And then he's like, oh, "We've done it. We've actually solved this." That that was the lie. Yeah. And then he's lying about the alien stuff. And yeah. on his yeah. way down, he fell into a big metal <laughs> fish tank with a bunch of green fish. Well, in he it. definitely made up the spear and the orb shit. Yeah, exactly. I he had a dream because he got what hit. What year real was hard. it again? Nineteen seventy-four. He's tripping, dude. Dude. <laughs> Dude, he's like fucking tripping. He's tripping balls, man. <laughs> he's fucking high out of his gourd. <laughs> Dude, no, I'm, I'm sober, so I'm always in a gourd. <laughs> Why the fuck do people say that? <laughs> I'm always on my gourd. I've never heard. I've never heard the word on gourd. <laughs> Is it popular? The word gourd in any context other, other than, than that, or like some weird ancient place that had a pot. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, that's what a gourd is. What is it? Like a? It's, it's like a, a, It's yeah. like an urn, like a pottery kind of thing. G o u r d. Maybe they used to put some kind of drug into gourds, 
and you drink out of the gourd and get yeah, a right. high out of it. That might be where that comes from. We're solving it all today. <laughs> Who's next? Uh, in the realm of miracles. In 1068, the citizens of Florence, Italy, took to the streets to protest the appointment of their new bishop, a man well known to have purchased the office at the cost of an enormous bribe. Only the judgment of heaven, it was decided, could settle the matter and bring the rioting to an end. And with that in mind, St. John Golbert, Abbot of Volumbrosa. Oh, imagine being alive in this time. Yeah. Would have been an absolute freaking pain in the ass. Living on a fucking chessboard with all these... (laughs) (laughs) The Abbot of Volumbrosa ordered one of his monks, Peter... Aldo Brandini to submit to God's judgment. <laughs> His name's Peter is real funny. <laughs> Peter Aldo, Aldo Brandini. Aldo Brandini to submit to God's judgment in an ordeal of fire. Two mounds of wood, ten feet long with a narrow passage between them, were duly made ready for the test. When the wood was burning fiercely, Peter, who had prepared himself by saying mass, removed his outer vestment and walked slowly between the two infernos along a pathway now strewn with red-hot embers. He emerged from the fire unharmed, his hair unsinged, his priestly robe unscorched. He then volunteered to go back through the fire again. <laughs> <laughs> the classic con man move of like, I'll do it again. <laughs> oh, yeah. You want to see me do it again? I'll do it happily. That was actually sick. Do you want me to do that again? <laughs> I can just wander back through there again. <laughs> but the crowd was convinced God had made his will plain. The bishop was deposed and later came to repent his actions and Peter... Aldo Brandini eventually became a cardinal. He was canonized as Saint Peter in in Igneous Saint Peter Fire. What? (laughs) He became Saint Peter Fire. Oh, okay. Peter Fire. He's a Peter Fire. (laughs) This is the, the first so there's a pedophile in the church. <laughs> I can't believe there's a pedophile in the church. <laughs> you mean to tell me that this, this monk became a pedophile? <laughs> I don't think he's a church man, personally. What if we called him pedophile? He's in. <laughs> Change his name. Oh, you're an Aldebrini? I don't know if you're going to belong here at the church, but oh, pedophile. Welcome, my friend. This I can get on board with. That walking across hot coals is like an old ass. Everyone can do that. Yeah, anyone can do that shit. I've seen that shit a million yeah, times. Especially yeah. a pedophile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. So, so what happened? He, his boss was like, you got to go in the fire. I think he was nominated. He was nominated as a replacement to this other guy. This other guy was like. They hated him because he was corrupt. Yeah, the other bishop, right? Who it was going to be because he paid his way in, and they're like, "Well, this other guy, if, if not, God wants him, if then God he can wants get this in. guy, he can get in there." Okay. And then this guy just kind of walked near fire, and he was yeah, like, "It sounded like they put two logs far apart from each yeah, other." Yeah, he just walked in between them. Was like, "I could do that again if you yeah. wanted." It's like, and he, he didn't oh, even swerve. <laughs> he, he took off his outer vestments, which is be what would catch fire if you walked past. <laughs> totally. And then he was yeah. just like, "I could walk past that again. It's actually quite warm. It's nice." <laughs> yeah, actually. I wouldn't like love it, but I could do it. <laughs> I can do. It. Pretty yeah. hot, but it's not. You know. <laughs> well, only an absolute pedophile would want to do that again. So like, let's, let's lock him down. <laughs> Story yeah. of the first ever pedophile. <laughs> Shit, that sounds like pedophile. Sorry, Whoa, I just uh, fuck, dude. Sorry, I just like we might get in trouble for that. Uh, sorry, I didn't even. Realize that. Jeez. Sorry, St. Peter Fire. You're a real Ricky Gervais. <laughs> uh, this, this next story. St. Child de Fucker. <laughs> child de Fucker. Ch- yeah, child. 
popular <laughs> Italian name, Charles. I could not come up with another. I thought, does Charles sound close enough? No. <laughs> but I still want to say child fucker. <laughs> Kit. I'd believe Apist as a last name. <laughs> Is Boyer a name? <laughs> this final story is from Monsters and More. Now, we haven't had a lot of ghosts uh, on the podcast, so here's, here's one. Yeah, I thought this was going to be all ghosts and aliens. And so far, it's been big feet. Yeah, there's been a lot of some big And people from Belgium and shit. (laughs) 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 Who, like, that's spooky. Where the fuck's that country? (laughs) So many just, like, confused Belgians being like, I don't remember you. (laughs) (laughs) Did this already? I don't know. (laughs) A ghost, sad, bizarre, and deserving a place in the annals of commercial food preparation. What? the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Wait a minute. I don't Keep know how <laughs> A ghost. Yeah. Sad, bizarre, and deserving a place in the annals of commercial food preparation. That's the bit. <laughs> That's what? the weird part. <laughs> Hang on a second. Okay. Is associated with Pond Square in London's Highgate. It is the ghost of a half-naked, half-frozen chicken. Okay. The ghost maker... That chicken's naked. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a man who is turned on by yeah. chicken. <laughs> Someone put gr- some pants on the thing. That's disgusting. <laughs> Hide its little beautiful little cloaca. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost maker in this tale is no less a philosopher than the great Francis Bacon. Once Lord Chancellor... Yeah, that's right. A bacon and chicken. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Once Lord Chancellor Wait until Dr. Cheese comes in <laughs> You mean Mayor Cheese? <laughs> Bring Albert Mayonnaise in Someone calls Senor Avocado <laughs> We've got to get the Bun Twins <laughs> Greatest Toppy and Buddy <laughs> oh, Please, hurry Lord Iceberg Let us hurry <laughs> Ah, there's too much of him all the time <laughs> I'm a- I prefer his brother Romaine. (laughs) In 1626, though, when he was 65 years old, he had been convicted of bribery. This is Frankie Bacon. This is Frankie Bacon. Uh, One of the edgiest comedians of the time. (laughs) You're right, how are you, Frankie Bacon? You want a St. Peter file? You know what I reckon he sounds like? (laughs) He had been convicted of bribery, sentenced to the Tower of London, and fined £40,000. Although later pardoned, Bacon was forbidden... I can't believe you bribed people. Now give the government money to make up for it. <laughs> I reckon that that's some fucking... That's the type of satire that Frankie Bacon would do. <laughs> <laughs> he was never as funny as when he broke up with Denny Chicken. <laughs> Denny Chicken. Danny Chicken and Frankie Bacon. The best double act. Chicken and Bacon. A new hour of comedy from Chicken and Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> This next part takes place on an episode of Have I Got News For You. (laughs) (laughs) Although later pardoned, Bacon was forbidden to hold public office again. Thus freed from the struggle... Oh, he got bribed, I see. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Yes. Thus freed from the struggle for worldly powers, he turned his mind to the mysteries of the universe and to the methods by which a man might solve them. He was riding through the streets of Highgate one snowy March day in 1626 when a universal mystery occurred to him. Why was grass that had laid 
Lane under the snow all winter, still green and fresh when his carriage wheels exposed it to the air. This dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, real mystery of the universe, eh, Frankie? <laughs> Did the snow somehow act as a preservative? <laughs> Ooh. Maybe that is, I guess that is just something we take for granted now. It is 1626. At some point they got to figure it out. All they had out. back there was one panel show. Like, who yeah. knows? <laughs> There's a lot they had yet to discover about the world. <laughs> it's like, what do eight out of ten cats have to say about this? <laughs> eight out of ten cats is the show about which of these cats can you eat come the, f- come the starvation times. Eight out of ten cats is still the name of the whip. <laughs> eight out of ten cats does countdown as when the cats get ready to eat your body when you die in the winter. <laughs> have I got news for you? You will be consumed by cats. <laughs> Never mind the buzzards, they will chew you till you're dead. <laughs> QI is the only two letters I'm able to read in the year 16, whatever it is. 26. Mock the week. <laughs> I, I think we should. They're not strong enough. They're not pulling their weight. Get them out of here. Mock the week. Definitely the easiest one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is a mock the week. Segment. Panel shows that might have existed in the 1600s. Bacon, Lee, Bacon instantly stopped his carriage at Pond Square and ordered his coachman to buy a chicken from a farm nearby. Next, he had the coachman kill the bird, pluck off most of its feathers, and clean out the ab- abdominal cavity. Pluck off most of its feathers, he, uh, but not clear, all. Just sir, I am just a coachman. Yeah. Pluck its feathers. Fuck it. <laughs> I was in the fucking town of London, mate. What do you mean? Chance of what does this have to do with finding out why the grass is green? This is his... He wants to see if it acts as a preservative. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then, to the amazement of the small crowd pressing around him, <laughs> studio audience, if you will, uh, Bacon stooped down and began stuffing the bird with snow. This done, he put cool. it in a sack and filled the sna- sack with more snow. While he was treating the, the chicken in this unnatural way, a fit of shivering seized him, and he collapsed on the snow. <laughs> He was taken to the home of his friend, Lord Arundel. Unfortunately, Lord yeah. Arundel. Uh, Not like Captain Sour Cream. <laughs> and he died there within a few days. What happened to Lord Bacon after he died, nobody knows. But the chicken... That's pretty weird. <laughs> That's really weird. Unless they just mean, like, cosmically. <laughs> what happened to him after he died? Hey... The ultimate question, man. <laughs> no, but seriously, Lord Arundel, what did you do with his body? <laughs> eh? What? Nobody knows. <laughs> what about that chicken? <laughs> so, what, are we checking in on the chicken? Or? Yeah, I don't know, man. He's just gone and it's Simon Amstel now. <laughs> but the chicken, bound, it seems, to the environs of Pond Square by the sudden outrage that befell it, has been frequently seen there since its death. Wait, uh, the chicken has been. The chicken was already dead. Normal chicken style, though. Like, I'm assuming most chickens you got from a farm and... What, what happened weird to the chicken? He bought a live chicken from a farm and then the then he got his coach killed it, kill it. And then he stuffed it with snow. and Put, put it in a sack and off. stuffed the sack with snow and then he got real cold and died. <laughs> 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 Shouldn't have touched that much snow. I didn't know I was allergic to it. <laughs> so, stripped of its feathers and shivering, it invariably half runs and half flaps always in circles. It was a big whitish bird, according to Mrs. John Greenhill. 
who they asked to describe a chicken. (laughs) 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 It's a big whitish bird. What do you mean? I don't know how to fucking... (laughs) (laughs) Who resided... All right, which one of these five birds do you reckon the dead ghost one? (laughs) Oh, there's a ghost of a chicken down there. What do you mean, chicken? (laughs) (laughs) According to Mrs. John Greenhill, who resided at Pond Square during World War II and often saw the chicken on moonlit nights, aircraftman Terence Long was another witness, also during the war. He was crossing the square one night when he He heard... He saw it from a bloody long way away, didn't he? (laughs) If he's an aircraftman... He was crossing the square one night (laughs) in his plane. Crossing the square one night when he heard the sound of hooves and carriage wheels. He looked around but saw nothing except a shivering half naked chicken. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean half naked? I guess it didn't pluck all its feathers. Half plucked. Right. Flapping. Like if you were naked and someone pulled out half of your hair, you'd be like, that guy's half naked. With their big green suckers, they yanked out some of it. Shivering half naked chicken flapping. Pathetically in circles. <laughs> Oh what a big tough army man eh? <laughs> Look at that Fallen piece weak bird Chicken. over All that flapping Watch this I'm an airplane man I can fly you stupid chicken <laughs> An air raid precautions fire watcher Came along and told aircraftman Long That the bird was a, a, a habitant of the square a man had tried to snare it a month or two earlier, he said, but it had disappeared into a brick wall. <laughs> One January night in... <laughs> that guy chasing the chicken and bumps his head into the brick wall. <laughs> hey, got away this time. I'm going to fuck that sexy chicken. <laughs> oh, it's always showing off flapping. <laughs> Half naked. Dance around in like a sexy circle. <laughs> it's come here <hither> flap. <laughs> flap sounded gross in that context. Yeah. <laughs> One January night in 19... 19- she got them coming in the flaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's got me all shivery. <laughs> One January night in 1969, a motorist... Talk about some celebrity juice. <laughs> Another panel show in England. Uh, one January night... <laughs> I'm going to mock the weak bird over there. Look at it, pathetic. <laughs> Pathetic. <laughs> pathetic. It's pathetic. pathetic. <laughs> One January night in 1969, a motorist <laughs> who was delayed in Pond Square with car trouble noticed a large white bird near a wall. Seeing- <laughs> Doing a double take about that. <laughs> Wait a minute, is that a large white bird? Seeing- I've probably ever seen him in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> this See- one's flapping too pathetically to be up there, though. <laughs> Seeing that most of its feathers had been plucked and thinking that a gang of youths might have abused the bird. Oh, a terrible band might have abused this bird. He looked about him before going to rescue the poor creature. When he turned back, the bird was gone. A year later in February, a young man and woman were saying goodnight to each other when a big white bird alighted noiselessly on the ground beside them. (laughs) Honey, I don't want to alarm you, but that bird is entirely <laughs> silent. <laughs> and, good night to you. I've had absolutely love. I don't want to alarm <laughs> Don't look to your left. Do not turn around. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you do. It is a bird. <laughs> Well, surely it's just a regular high decibel bird. <laughs> That's the thing, darling. 
<laughs> it's saying absolutely <laughs> not. I think it's got its baps out. <laughs> oh, it's half naked as well. <laughs> I think it's got snow up its arse. <laughs> Someone's put snow up its bloody arse. It ran twice in a circle and then, then vanished into the darkness. Mm-hmm. Oh, honey. I don't want to alarm you with that silent bird. Quite large, half naked, and she's definitely doing a little bit of a dance for us. Well, darling, it's been a wonderful night, but I have to go forever. See you later. <laughs> well, I won't be returning here. We're a place where it's definitely frequented by many chickens. <laughs> that's the that's the end of the ghost. Whoa! <laughs> but whatever happened to Mister Bacon? Oh, nobody <laughs> knows. <laughs> yeah, that's so much weirder. <laughs> oh well, I guess he's gone forever. Oh man, fuck the Mark Lamar of people. Uh, is that it? Is that the final? That's and the final so one. What's the answer to the snow with the grass? <laughs> <laughs> Yet another. That is an unexplained mystery within an unexplained mystery. You're never gonna find out. Put the grass in the fridge. You eat that grass whenever you want. Do you reckon cold stuff can preserve food for long periods yeah. of time? Is this I guess before they knew about the cold. Yeah, I <laughs> guess did that so. dude just invent an esky? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then immediately die. <laughs> yeah, the first draft of an esky was a chicken stuffed full of snow. <laughs> but he st- he stuffed the chicken in. A sack and then he filled the sack yeah, with yeah. then immediately someone shoves a VB up the chicken's ass. They're like, oh, this is useful. All right, and then well, he, he, he subbed that chicken and a bunch of other chickens in a bathtub during the party. <laughs> <laughs> Can't we just take out the chicken part of this equation? We don't no. know if it'll still work. <laughs> I made my goddamn poor coachman kill this chicken. Pluck it, pluck it, pluck it. Put snow where <laughs> Pluck it, gut it, stuff it. Uh, Mr. Bacon, I don't know if I want to do this. Do it. Do it. (laughs) Guys, immediately. (laughs) Just take him to a hospital. No, take him to Albert's place. Whatever you do, don't inexplicably lose track of my body. (laughs) Uh, What What did he say? (laughs) I think he said to... I've got to hear him over this chicken. <laughs> that chicken's silent. <laughs> All right. I don't know what he told you to do, but as his coachman, I think what he would want me to do is strip him, gut him, and stuff him, bring him back to life. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't tell anybody about this part of the story. Uh, um, that is another episode of Ooh, Spooky. Oh, I said five already. Yeah. That is five. That's five. The beyond. Damn. Man. Damn. <sighs> I love that chicken. <laughs> uh, if you want to look any of us up and see what we're doing, we will all have comedy festival shows coming up in the end of March if you're in Melbourne, the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Uh, you can find details about that probably at our social media stuff. I'm at Adam G. Knox on Twitter. Lucas C. Muller on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Peter the Jones on Twitter. And we'll be saying more details of stuff like that and when you can come to our shows and all of that sort of things. But uh, we'll we'll be doing them, so keep an eye out. Yep. Thanks yeah. for listening. Give us a rate and a review and a share and et cetera. And a subscribe and a recommend. Yeah. Tell <laughs> people about message. the show. <laughs> Send <laughs> Luca a message. He really wants a message. <laughs> Send I never him get email. messages these days. What's your email address, Luca? Oh four five. No, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> What's the email address for the podcast? If you want to send oh, in yeah. a spooky story or a haunted podcast or email at gmail.com. <laughs> if you've seen like a frozen half naked ghost chicken, send us an email. Yeah. If not, do not send us. An email. <laughs> I don't want to fucking hear about it. <laughs>
Uh, thank you for listening again. We will be back next week with more spooky stories. But until then, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>